Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marianne and Wanda. I'm Allie. And I'm Andy. And we're back for another week. Yay! <laughs> we hope everyone we hope everyone had a good Labor Day weekend. Yeah, we do. Um, Andy was just telling me that she was working at a craft fair with her pottery. Yep, and it downpoured rain, so that was a lot of fun. Our uh, rainwater tanks are full, so that's nice. Oh, that actually is really nice. Yeah. I mean, they never seem like they go down, though, so. Really? More. Yeah. I mean, we it we run the dishwasher all the time, washing machine all the time. I'm known to take extremely long showers and <laughs> baths pretty frequently, so you would think it would go down some, but it doesn't. It seems like it's always refilling before we can use it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows, Andy's house is, like, fully self reliant like fully self-sufficient in terms of water we have a rainwater collection system that collects water off the roof of our barn yeah and it's super cool and i guess it's working out even though it's the well i guess we just came out of the dead of summer but it sounds like you guys haven't run out ever yeah when we had it installed we had we had a company come out and do like an inspection and a forecast and they they said that the amount of rainfall that tennessee gets that we wouldn't have to worry about running out uh, because we we're prone to get rain every so often that it's, we don't really have to worry about a major drought. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if we lived in like Arizona or something like that. It would, it might not be the best solution for us if we'd lived out there, but they said in middle Tennessee, it's so wet climate that it would have been fine. So yeah. working I, out so far. Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> One other thing that Adam and I started doing over, I guess, the last week or so, we started watching this new show on Netflix called The Lincoln Lawyer. Have you heard of it? No, I don't think so. It's really good. We're we're only probably like seven or eight episodes into it, and there's only one season so far, and I think there's only 10 episodes, but I would recommend that one. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, maybe I'll watch it. The Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> Is it... <laughs> About does it have something to do with Abraham Lincoln? No, no. It's about a lawyer in Los Angeles who, instead of having an office, he works better out of his Lincoln car. Oh, um, so he like travels around the city trying to crack these cases and stuff like that. Yeah, there's he represents a lot of different people throughout the episodes, but it's pretty interesting. And I used to work for a lawyer for a little while, so some of the terminology is interesting to me too. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Recommend that one. Well, I'll keep that in the back of my mind with the 70 <laughs> other TV shows I need to start watching. I know. I have a lot that I need to start on, too. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. There's plenty of time in the day, right? No, not enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I've recently started TAing undergraduates in marine science, and I have to say that I'm a little concerned about the math skills of, of the next up-and-coming generation, I guess. I'm worried that they weren't taught well based on what I've seen so far. Man, scathing review of the new scientists. <laughs> well, I don't think any of them listened to this, so I think we're probably okay. But we also just did um, a coding assignment, and they all like did pretty well from the looks of it. Like The major frustrations weren't the actual coding itself. It was that our um, program kept kept dying on us. So... Mm-hmm. They've got that going for them. I have to say it was quite impressive. I bet coding is going to be a class that is going to be offered in a lot of high schools going forward. 
Oh, I'm sure it already is. I'm pretty sure, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure Davey took a coding class at JP2. Yeah, I was going to say, they definitely have at least a club for it there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Something like that. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Andy? So we thought that since our grandmother's recipe episode was so popular, I think that was our most listened to episode so far, we figured that since the recipe episode did so well, we might bring you guys another one and each talk about a recipe that we enjoyed from our childhood. Not necessarily from our grandmas, but I think mine was um, and another one. Yours is from your mom. But anyway, just meals that we enjoyed as kids. Mm-hmm. So would you like to start off or would you like me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right. So I loved growing up pinto beans and cornbread. And <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's something that we had all the time growing up. My grandma used to make it when I lived in South Carolina. She made it all the time. And then when we moved up to Tennessee, my parents made it all the time. And I think a lot of that was because it's super cheap and it's super easy to make. Mm -hmm. It's a crockpot meal. So it's one of those that you can start in the morning. And then when it's time for dinner, the meal is ready and you don't really have to do any prep work, at least for the beans part to make the cornbread. Yeah, that takes some work. But so what you're going to do is you're going to get a bag of pinto beans. And I guess it depends on how many people you want to feed. I think my parents usually did two bags of pinto beans. But that was because there was a family of five of us. So it kind of depends on how many people you're planning to feed. That was like a lot of pinto beans. Did you guys have leftovers? (laughs) Yeah, we usually did have some. So I just wrote this recipe out with one bag of pinto beans, but depends on how many people you want to feed. So yeah. you're going to get your bag of pinto beans. And what you have to do first is sift out the rocks. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that sounds funny. And I didn't believe my dad the first time he told me you have to get the rocks out. I thought he was joking with me, but there's usually at least a couple of rocks in the bag. And I don't know why. I don't know if that's just the way they harvest them. Sometimes they get scooped up in with the rest of the beans. Oh <laughs> I don't know. But you have to like pour them out on a paper plate and sift out any rocks. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then um, you also want to put them in like a colander and rinse them real quick just to get any like, I don't know, dust and dirt off of them. And Mm -hmm. then you're going to want to put the beans in a big bowl or pot, cover them with water, and leave them out overnight. So we would generally do this the night before. My dad earlier said that you can kind of just leave them out for a few hours if you need to, but generally overnight is better. Mm -hmm. And the first time I tried to do this in college, I didn't know that the beans would expand because <laughs> I guess they're soaking in all the water. I didn't understand yeah. the point of why they were being soaked overnight. <laughs> but <laughs> so the first time I did it, I put them in a bowl, but the only bowl that I had, like the beans came almost up to the brim. And so I just put enough water in it to like get them covered. And then I put a paper plate over it. And the next morning I got up and there was beans spilled out all over the countertop. <laughs> Of course, you need them to get soft and take in all the water, Andy. I know, I didn't realize, I knew I had to do it, but I didn't really fully think about why. And so, yeah, I was scooping up beans that morning and I was like, well, I guess this is good enough. They're going in the crock pot like this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the end of the world, but that's really funny. (laughs) 
I think I sent a picture of it to my parents too and was like I didn't know that these were going to spill out everywhere so make sure you put the pinto beans in a pot or a bowl that's big enough for them to expand (laughs) okay anyway so you put them in a pot you cover them with water leave them till the next day make sure there's room for expansion (laughs) Uh, okay so do they like double in size or is this like a one and a half situation um i don't really remember and yeah i don't know like if you put them in a a large size cooking pot like that'll be plenty of room and that's even if you do a double a double bag okay anyway okay so then once they've sat out overnight they're soaking up all the water you're going to drain the bowl the next morning and you're going to pat the pinto beans dry with (laughs) a paper towel Mm-hmm. And so after you pat them dry, you transfer them to a crock pot. And now I read online that some people use like a chicken broth for the instead of water for the actual liquid. My yes. dad said we always just used water. It always turned out delish. So I wouldn't recommend the chicken broth unless that unless that is just something you want to try out. Okay. So you transfer the beans to the crock pot and you cover them with water. And I would make sure there's like two inches or so of water above the top of the beans Mm -hmm. and then you want to add mrs dash which is probably the best seasoning salt and pepper to taste and you can always add more later and then my dad said that he also puts a chunk of fat back in it for flavor but he says that two slices of thick bacon can also work and you just put those in the top and we don't eat those afterward. It's just to soak in the flavor. Uh, hold on. What is fat back? Fat back is it's going to be pork, and that's just what he called it. And <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like if you think of it like bacon, but just in a different form. Okay, but but same type of thing. Is this like just something that's at the grocery store? Do I like have to go to the meat counter at the grocery store? Like what? I think yeah, I think you would have to go to the meat counter. So normally my dad goes to Houston's Meat Market, which is in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he would get it from there. But I mean, I'm pretty sure you can get it from Kroger, or Publix, or wherever. Just ask the person at the counter, and they might look at you like you're crazy. But my dad called it fat back. Okay. <laughs> but you have to have, and but yeah, you could use two pieces of thickly sliced bacon instead and get the same result it's just to add flavor to it okay and then i have heard of some people who add a whole potato to the mixture i don't remember if i don't think we ever did that but i've heard of people adding a potato and the reason for adding the potato is that it absorbs all of the gases i guess that are off put from the beans or maybe or just in general but you don't eat the potato because that potato has absorbed all the gases and so if you eat that potato you're gonna be so extremely gassy (laughs) (laughs) not that beans don't make you gassy enough already but that potato is gonna be like a gas bomb (laughs) the rhyme already goes beans beans good for your heart the more you eat them the more you fart like (laughs) don't eat the the gas potato too (laughs) 
But yeah, so we didn't usually put the potato in, but I've heard of people doing that. So that's an option if you want to try to take some of the gas away. (laughs) (laughs) And if you do, let me know if it works. (laughs) So once you've got all that added in, you're going to set it on low for eight hours. You could also put it on high for about four, get the same result. But we did it on low. And then before you're ready to eat dinner, you're going to make your cornbread. And we usually just got the cornmeal that came in the white bag. I think it's Martha White. Yeah, but any kind will work. There's not a specific one that's more delicious than the other. And when we were growing up, we had a cast iron pan that was shaped like little corn cobs. And so I liked the, and then we also made like just a big cast iron skillet pan of cornbread. But I liked the little corn cobs. Those were my favorite. Yeah, those are cute. So you'll make the cornbread just according to the directions on the bag. Once that is all done, my personal favorite way of eating the pinto beans is you put the pinto beans on the bottom of the bowl with some juice, shredded cheese, Mrs. Dash, and then you crumble one of the corn cob cornbreads on top and then mix it all together for ultimate deliciousness for a 10 out of 10 experience. (laughs) Okay, sure. I believe you. 100%. Except I know you don't believe me because (laughs) for those of you who don't know, Allie came to my house, I mean, it seemed like every weekend for a while when we were younger and on more than one occasion, we had pinto beans for dinner, but it was probably the first time that she came over when we had pinto beans. She got a bowl of pinto beans and just kept adding more and more and more shredded cheese and stirring (laughs) it around until it was basically cheese soup. And (laughs) my mom noticed that she wasn't eating it and was like, Allie, do you want a peanut butter and jelly instead? (laughs) She was like, yes, please. (laughs) Okay, but I tried the beans. They weren't good. (laughs) I hate to say it. Look, all right, here's my Each their own, I guess. (laughs) No, I'll try. I'll try pinto beans again. I'm an adult now. We have this podcast. I'll make your pinto beans and I'll make your cornbread. But this is the last honest effort I'll give it for a while. (laughs) Okay, okay. And if anybody else makes it, let me know. Because this was a staple in our house. Because they're so easy. And I've heard of some people, like one of my coworkers said that his grandma makes pinto beans all the time for her husband. And just keeps them in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Because they reheat so easily that like that's his snack basically. Or like his lunch for the week. So they keep really easily. It makes a ton. It's super cheap. And you just put it in a crock pot and it's good to go. So highly recommend pinto beans and cornbread. Okay. Well, I personally don't. I personally (laughs) highly recommend meatloaf. It's just funny because I do not like meatloaf at all, but Adam loves meatloaf. (laughs) So I'll have to try this recipe for him. Yeah. And I'll, um, I'll post a picture of, of the cookbook that it's in, of the recipe in the cookbook so that you can make it and everybody else can make it. But it's called Mom's Meatloaf, and my mom made it all the time, but she's not, my mom isn't the one who actually, like, made up the recipe. Because it (laughs) came out of, I'm pretty sure it's the Angel Angel and Friends cookbook, which was originally printed in 1981, and it was the favorite recipes compiled by um, Angels of Easter Seals in Youngstown, Ohio. So, like, the Angels of the Easter Seals in um, Youngstown just compiled this recipe book and sold it for proceeds for Easter Seals. What is an Easter Seal? Easter Seals is like a Goodwill, I think. Ah. 
It's a nonprofit providing disability services with additional support areas serving veterans and military families, seniors, and caregivers. Okay. Sounds, sounds kind of like a Red Cross. Yeah. And I think that, like, the goodwill around here, I think, also works a lot with Easter Seals. Hmm. I think Libba might have gone to an Easter Seals camp, now that I think about it, to, like, volunteer. Um, hmm. Interesting. Don't quote me on that one. Anyway, so it was just like this cookbook from Youngstown, which is just across the state line from where my mom grew up and where my grandma lived, which is Farrell, Pennsylvania. And so that's where we got the recipe from. Nice. And my mom did used to make it all the time when we were young. And then in high school, when I was in charge of dinner, I made it like maybe once a week. Me and Lib and my mom all absolutely love it. But for some reason, Kate never got the whole meatloaf concept. She was a weirdo, I must say. <laughs> She's always hated meatloaf. I don't get it. I think just the idea of a loaf of meat is something I'm not on board with. So maybe Kate and I are thinking similarly in that way. It's just like a, <laughs> it's just like a big hamburger. I don't understand. It's a big hamburger. No cheese. I actually, so I just visited them right before I went to London, right? Um, in earlier August. And Kate made us meatloaf while I was there, but she made like individual small ones and they were not my mom's recipe. And I asked her about it. I asked her why she would now eat meatloaf that wasn't my mom's recipe. And Fernando, her husband, was asking the same thing. And she just kept saying that there was something in our recipe that he really wouldn't like and just flat out refused to say anything more on the subject. (laughs) And so, Fernando, if you're listening, I'm going to have to ask you to stop for Kate's sake. But also, I don't really understand what she's talking about because this is, like, not really an offensive recipe in any sense. I don't understand. (laughs) So, anyway, it's different than a lot of other recipes because it's not made with ketchup. I feel like people are always just putting ketchup on top of their meatloaf. Yeah. But this has, like, a nice sauce that's kind of like ketchup. I guess it's got probably the same basic ingredients, but it's a little bit sweeter, a little bit more vinegary, and it's not as thick. The way we always do it, or the way I do it now, is that I make one of these recipes and I split it into three smaller meatloafs. And then I freeze a couple of them and then make one of them. And then you just like take out a meatloaf whenever you're ready to eat it and ideally thaw it first. And then make a sauce recipe fresh every time. And so then you always have meatloaf when you want it. My mom also makes this in like her KitchenAid stand mixer. If you have one of those, just because it makes it a lot easier to mix it all up. But that's absolutely not necessary. I use a wooden spoon. That's just up to you. The meatloaf itself is just ground meat. And the original recipe says to use beef only, but we use a one to three ratio of pork and beef. Oh, maybe is that what Fernando doesn't like? Oh, no. Fernando likes pork. Never mind. Anyway, um, sorry. We have a one to three ratio of pork to beef. The recipe says to use fresh breadcrumbs. We always use dry and you can substitute those in by using about half as much. So use half as much dry as you do. As fresh. Gotcha. Yes. And my mom says to start off by actually using a quarter of as much, like only putting in some and then mixing it until it's the right consistency. But that requires you to know what the right consistency is. So I would just recommend using half as much because that's always worked for me. Then you also add in a small onion chopped finely, a couple eggs and salt and pepper, and then a small can of tomato sauce. And I think that's an eight ounce can. 
When you say an onion, does it need to be a white onion or a yellow onion or does it matter? Just as long as it's not a sweet onion. So I use not- white onions. Okay. My mom has, she's very against sweet onions in all forms. So anytime <laughs> I ever talk about onions in a recipe that she's made, it's never sweet onions. Okay. Good to know. I probably would have picked a sweet one. Don't do it. That's a mistake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just like toss all that stuff up in a bowl together and mix it all up until it's well combined. And then, like I said, I make three small loaves. You can also just make one big one. Um, and then you make the sauce to go with it. And again, you just toss it all in together and mix it up. So that's another small can of tomato sauce. I think it's like a couple tablespoons of, vin- of vinegar, like six tablespoons of brown sugar, some yellow mustard and some Worcestershire sauce. And you mix that all up. And then we pour about a quarter of the sauce over the meatloaf at the start. And then you put it in the oven for like an hour to an hour and a half at 350. And then what we do is essentially like baste the meatloaf. So like every 15 minutes, I'll pull it out and I'll pour in like another quarter of the sauce that I've made and then I'll put it back in. And then uh, for the last like section of time, I'll just take a spoon and scoop some of like the cooked sauce over the top again. And so that gives it like a nice, like thick sauce layer on the outside of the meatloaf. And then also like the thinner sauce around the bottom. And we always serve it with fake mashed potatoes and canned peas. I've heard some people hate fake mashed potatoes and will only eat frozen peas. And I think that those people are insane. We generally do frozen peas, but I, I like the fake mashed potatoes. Mainly, like, I'm okay with lumpy mashed potatoes, but I probably prefer the smooth consistency ones. And I feel like when you have fresh made mashed potatoes, they're always too lumpy. Yeah. And then they're always like way too much work for being as lumpy as they are. So when I take Rosie grocery shopping with me, because she loves to go grocery shopping, Mm -hmm. we always have to get a package of fake mashed potatoes every week, whether we need mashed potatoes or not, (laughs) because she loves to hold them and feel like she's helping. (laughs) So we, we go to the mashed potatoes first and she gets her little package of mashed potatoes and she holds them the whole way around while we're grocery shopping. And then we get up to the register and I have to hand them over so they can get scanned and she cries. Oh, that's so adorable. (laughs) But yeah, we have to go get her mashed potatoes every week. (laughs) Does she have a favorite flavor? Is there like one she always tries to reach for? Uh, no, it's just whatever I hand her. (laughs) I love that. Absolutely. But you're <laughs> so we, we, get, we get the fake potatoes because she likes to hold them. Yes. Well, that's worth it. <laughs> you are a maniac for frozen peas. They are not nearly as good as canned peas. And that is a hill that I will die on. Yeah, My I don't know. I just never have. Been. I, I do like canned green beans, though, over mm-hmm. frozen green beans. Mm-hmm. But I never, never got on board with the canned peas. Well. I used to eat a can of peas every Friday with like a miniature fake or a miniature pizza that I would always make. So (laughs) I'm a huge fan. So when you have the mashed potatoes and peas with the meatloaf, do you put it on top like a shepherd's pie or just like on the side? No, no, no. Always on the side. Always on the side. Like put a little sauce with your mashed potatoes if you want. Um, but that's, that's optional. And I don't ever like pour sauce on top. I'll just like take a dollop of mashed potatoes and get a little sauce. Yeah. But okay. No, separate always. 
never never together like that though i will also eat the mashed potatoes and the peas in the same bite for obvious reasons hmm. uh, makes the peas easier to pick up and they taste good together so <laughs> these are my stances on mashed potatoes and peas also I have, <laughs> I have something that adam thinks is hilarious about the way i eat peas what i don't i swallow them whole i don't, don't... chew them what <laughs> you're kidding no i never have like i don't like chewing them so i just swallow them oh my god (laughs) i mean they're small enough i'm not gonna choke on them but i like peas i just don't like the mushy peas swallow them whole (laughs) okay adam thinks that's so weird (laughs) it is weird i have to say and if you ever go to England, um, don't get mushy, which is just like smashed peas because it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's insane. How many peas <laughs> do you eat in a bite? I don't know. Like a spoonful? Huh. I'm worried about you choking now on your <laughs> <laughs> It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay. Well, Okay. I'm just that's all I'm gonna think about now every time I eat peas but that's fine <laughs> okay, so that's that's my meatloaf uh that's my meatloaf recipe nice. and I make it all the time yeah I'll have to try it and make some for Adam because every time we go to Cracker Barrel for like if it's not for breakfast for lunch or dinner he always gets the meatloaf so mm. and I I don't generally like meatloaf so that's why we never make it at home but I will make your recipe yes since you say it's so delish it's so delish I'm sure he will be happy about that. And I'll probably make the pinto beans again just because I like them. Okay. (laughs) I will do the same. And we'll report back on how it went. I don't have any pictures, though, so I'll have to take some the next time I make it. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So I guess that was a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. But also, as a reminder, All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers is going to be our next book. And we are going to be doing that episode on September 30th. So you've got a few more weeks to read that so that you can follow along with us and let us know what you think. Yeah. And I've bought it already and I've read a little bit. So I'm like already ahead of schedule right now. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I've read like the first five or six pages. That's about it so far. (laughs) Okay. So we're on the same page here. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think we were also talking about starting a TV show together so that we could have that type of episode every now and then I just got word so we were gonna do Brooklyn Nine-Nine but I was just told that it's going off of Hulu and I don't know that we're gonna have access to that anymore yeah so we'll talk about it and we'll figure out uh what we want to do it might be like New Girl or Parks and Rec some sort of comedy I'm looking for a short comedy now yeah that would be good Yeah. yeah we'll keep you posted though and we'll post it on the gram once we figure it out that way if you want to watch a few episodes along with us you'll have time yeah and i think we'll try probably try to do yeah a couple at a time yeah so we're not yet doing like 12 episodes that that would just drag away out yeah (laughs) we're not trying to do that anyway so yeah those are the big news get your book uh keep an eye out for the tv show um have a great thanks for joining us on this episode of marianne and wanda We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.